Welcome back to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Josh, here with... Mella, Lacey. And Rashawn. Uh, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to like and follow us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Letterboxd, Good Pods. This message won't self-destruct, but I'll self-destruct my fist in your ass <laughs> if you don't do it. <laughs> Yikes. I should have said Yikes. foot. Fist is weird. What have you guys been watching? I haven't had a lot of time to watch anything lately. I watched a movie on Hulu while I was making flowers last week. It's called Mary. And it has Gary Oldman and Emily Mortimer. Um, It's interesting. Oh. oh. What's it about? It is about a ship that is acquired by the family of Gary Oldman and Emily Mortimer, and the ship is haunted and uh, is trying to kill everyone aboard the ship. <laughs> oh. Queen Mary. Queen Mary I type wanted to like it so much oh. because it's Gary Oldman and Emily Mortimer, and... Seems promising. Yikes. Mella, what have you been watching? Girl, nothing. Great. Rashawn? <laughs> Top Gun Maverick, baby! Oh, oh still... yeah. Oh, yeah, you watched Top... You were there with him. Yeah. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it is perfect. It's a. It's just perfect blockbuster movie making. It's so, it's so good. It has no business being good. 36 years after the first mm-hmm. one came out. It's just a perfect movie to watch in the theater. It, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if I can be so bold and say that I think it's better than the first one. Have you seen wow. the first one? Yeah, and yes, I saw it. Yes, watched it, remember? I'm on a, a, a Tom Cruise quadruple feature <laughs> right now. I, I mean, I saw it Sunday, and then I saw Top Gun Maverick Monday, so it was like straight into it. And a number one for people thinking you don't have to see Top Gun, you do. <laughs> I heard a lot of people saying like you don't really have to see the first one. You have to. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would have been so lost without seeing the first one. Like it has its callbacks, but it just really doesn't do it justice if you don't see the first one. I mean, I think I might be talking about it at the end of the year, so Whoa. I don't want to say much, but. It's just really, it's nostalgia done well, it's practical effects done well, character building done well, legacy characters versus new. It's emotional, it's fun, it's funny. They just, they hit it out the park. Mm-hmm. No notes. I think we're good. Mm-hmm. What are we fighting about? Josh. Uh-huh. For the first time the ever. Yeah, I figured. I watched... Mission Impossible. You had a terrible choice to make in Berlin. One life over millions. And now the world is at risk. This is the CIA's mission. If he had held on to the plutonium, we wouldn't be having this conversation. His team would be dead. Yes, they would. That's the job. You don't understand what you're involved in. You need to walk away. Please don't make me go through you. How many times has Hunt's government betrayed him, disavowed him, cast him aside? How long before a man like that has had enough? Mission Impossible Fallout is a 2018 action drama written and directed by Christopher McQuarrie, starring Tom Cruise, Henry Cavill, Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, 
Sean Harris, Angela Bassett, and Vanessa Kirby. <laughs> Ethan Hunt and his IMF team, along with some familiar faces, race against time after a mission goes wrong. That's it. Sure. And yeah. Sure. That is quite it's literally the plot to yeah. every single Mission Impossible movie. I was going to say, I've not seen any of the rest of them, but it sounds like the plot to all of them. It, um, But that's what it is. That's, yeah. You know. Y'all, this movie um, fucks so hard. I've always been a fan of the Mission Impossible movies. I kind of, I watched a lot of the first three growing up. Jeff was a big fan of them. I liked them a lot. I, I, I fell off a little bit and then I started like once Ghost Protocol Rogue Nation this came out. I kind of like started, I I watched it, I've, I've got caught up all at once. It's probably the Henry Cavill of it all, but this one I just love a lot. I think these Mission Impossible movies uh, with each succeeding one become more and more uh, action movie perfection. I think it's just all gas, no brakes. Obviously, Tom Cruise doing all of his own stunts throws a, a, a special wrinkle into all of these movies that I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. But there's intrigue, there's some twists, there's some turns, there's good dialogue, there's great acting. I mean, what more can you say? I think I think we're going to get into the weeds a little bit when it comes to not having seen or maybe even know much about Mission Impossible. But for surface level impressions, let's start with you, Mela. Yes, this is my uh, first ever Mission Impossible, <clears throat> starting at six. But I knew without even asking that I was going to be okay. Like I didn't have to watch the first five. And I'll be honest, I wasn't excited to watch this. For sure. This is, no, I, I'm sure you weren't. <laughs> not at all. This is like what I call a dad flick. Hell yeah, baby. Super just sitting on the couch with dad watching it <laughs> <laughs> what a astute definition <laughs> i was gonna say something else but i just am going to keep on checking um so i was like you know movies like this action heavy plot just a mess everybody's like somebody's connected to somebody and they know that person and then they don't even matter because they're dead so i was a little nervous mm. but i came away from it Liking it. Yeah, okay, okay. That's like what I was, I was like, hoping for. I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. It's just a fine tune. It's, it's, yeah. A, it's, yeah. It's literally what you think it's going to be, it is. Yeah. And that is not a dig at all. Mm -mm. It's a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible 6. Yeah, that's what yep, it is. That's what it is. Hell yeah. Okay, I'll take that. Um, Lacey. I mean, it's talk a popcorn to me. movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a popcorn movie. I'm not going to drag it out. It's good. How are how? What's your knowledge of Mission Impossible's? I mean, I grew up. It's it's definitely a dad flick. Like this was a movie. This. What was, does that mean? Uh, it's where you sit on the couch with your dad and you watch it. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we definitely had these movies on, but I think I fell off after three, and I wasn't sure when you put this on the spreadsheet if I had seen this one or not or if I had just seen the trailer with Henry Cavill pumping his fists reloading um, his goddamn arms over yeah. and over and over again but I have seen it I'm, you I'm have? Okay. yeah I'm pretty sure I'm I'm certain that I've seen this before this is not a move this is not a lacy movie mm -mm. but it's no. good it's too long. I that's it's too long. I it's too long, but it's can good. it can it. <laughs> um, Rashawn, every time I mentioned bring this movie up, you had a visceral reaction, and I I made sure to never ask for clarification. Mm. You always just kind of made a sound or sent an exclamation point, and I never knew what it meant, and I wanted to keep it that way. So this is the first time in the history that I'm getting clarification on what you meant. Josh. Yeah. Lacey and I have a pretty publicly contentious relationship, but I feel <laughs> like you and I subtly under the behind the scenes, we just hate each other. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> it's, espi it's espionage. It's yeah. espionage. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe you're Ethan. I'm August. Vice versa. I don't know. 
but I was always fucking excited or nervous because you and I don't really have an episode where we're just like, fuck yeah, Josh and Rashawn. Yeah. Until today. Let's fucking, <laughs> let's go! <laughs> let's go! Ladies, you are underselling it. This is one of the best action movies of all time. All fucking time. Whoa. All time. The set pieces in this shit are bananas, dude. Insane. I have seen, I saw this movie five times in theaters. Let's, oh. Whoa! Jesus. That is my one regret. I never saw this in theaters. That is my one regret. In Dolby, baby, the seats were just like, the halo jump. Shut up. Get out of my face with that shit. Um, I did. I watched two movies to prep for this. I watched MI3 and I watched uh, Rogue Nation. Just because I Ghost? I did because Ghost doesn't really have no. a, a big connection to this. Except for like the very end. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were just like a nice little amoosh boosh before I dived into Fallout. Mm. And, and don't I, only, yeah, don't only can't only aren't those only for ladies? A moose bush? Joshua. Oh, sorry, I was thinking of something. Why are you blurry? Right in front of this. He censored the Eiffel. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is I like I, I'm not an action guy. I'm I'm the horror dude. That's my thing. But this, You're not I think, an outside action of. Guy? Outside of Halloween and Scream, this might be one of my favorite franchises. I re- I really do geez. like this. So we're gonna be in them seats for the next one. Yeah, with this installment, you put my mother and my husband in it, and I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm in. So uh, Fuck yeah, Team Josh, there will be no retractions. I'm weird. I'm Let's- in. Ow, that hurt. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where to begin with Fallout? Um, every Mission Impossible movie has like their definitive actions, like their definitive set piece. Like this was the big moment. You're gonna see it in all the trailers. Tom Cruise did it, like in Rogue Nation. It it was the running down the big skyscraper. Or no, that was Ghost Protocol. And Ghost Protocol is running down the big skyscraper. And Rogue Nation was holding onto an airplane in the air. All shit like that. I feel like Fallout has multiple. I mean, the big one is the Halo Jump. For you girls in the chat, do you know what a Halo Jump is? High altitude. Yeah, yeah, okay. High altitude. And then... Long. So high, low. No, yeah. Long. Low. Low. Mellow, high altitude, it. low. Mela and the O stands for? Octopus. You are so close. <laughs> Optics. Optics. <laughs> this was the first Halo skydive that was ever done like by an actor for a movie and it has since still been the Halo skydive. Only one done by an actor for a movie. Like this is just a fucking Tom Cruise special. Damn. Um, it was the last thing they shot for the entire movie. They had three minutes a day to film it because they wanted to get it, that scene on su- during sunset. So they had three minutes a day between Tom Cruise, Henry Cavill, and the incredible skydiving camera operator, Craig O'Brien. They jumped a total of 106 times to get three takes. Absolutely not. No. But no. But also, I'm a hypocrite because if you had CGI'd that, I would have been pissed. Yeah. That's the thing with these movies, and especially this one is, and that's Tom Cruise has said, he said on the record, this is why he does it, like, it's a level of of immersion that you can't get in any other movie, because it's, I mean, aside from maybe a Jackie Chan movie, but Jackie Chan's doing fight stunts. Tom Cruise is doing this fucking shit. Like, that's insane. I want to shout out the Craig O'Brien, the the camera operator, that they they were using such a specific camera that he had to he had to get the frame and get his shots without he couldn't look through the viewfinder like it was attached to his helmet Jeez. like for safety and like the suit and everything so he had to get everything without even looking through the viewfinder and he was able to do this incredible shit but like here's i want to say this though because you were saying this is tom cruise shit this is what he does but henry cavill was doing all those jumps with him it's true yeah like Pro- both of those men cavill. are fucking Bad shit insane. But and that's it's emphasis on man, am I right? That is a man. 
Daddy, them, he was caked up for this too. Like you didn't have to be caked up for Mission Impossible Fallout. Henry Cavill. Yeah. Wasn't it like right after Superman? In yeah. between, yeah. And so like he had the body of Superman because he had to mm. keep that diet regimen. But then I, my favorite thing, they one of the most British actors, and they're like, how do we make him American? Give him a mustache and uh, have him call himself Walker. <laughs> so the mustache. Yeah, yeah let's talk about it. When this came out, there was the shaving of the mustache for the reshoots for Superman. Well, the, it would know is a C, they had to CGI his upper lip because he couldn't shave. The there's CGI stash in this. No, 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 Superman. Oh, that was the whole thing. The Superman CGI looked boo boo. Yikes! Because he was in the middle of filming this. Got it. I thought Speaking that they it was the opposite, and I was like, the stash looked fine. The stash looks fucking great, dude. Great. Like, but I, even in the trailer, the reloading scene. He like grows facial hair. You can kind of see it. It's like really? super quick, but there was clearly like reshoots well, or something or a different, well, different day. I think well because the the story with the let's just talk about that part. That what if? Sorry, I'm shouting. I love this movie. It fucks so hard. Um, hard. Hard. <laughs> One of the best fight scenes in all of cinema. I forgot to mention it when I was doing, like, uh, we were talking about best fight scenes in one of our early episodes, and I was like, the elevator scene in Camden America. Young me, you dumb slut. It's the bathroom scene in Mission Impossible Fallout. Are you kidding me? It's fucking sick. The reload the arms that he did, uh, he's told this story probably a thousand times. He did it, like, on take two or three. He improvised it. He's like, okay. And then they did the take again, and the director called cut, and he was like, Henry, why didn't you do the thing? <laughs> so it's like, that was it. I mean, it was um, fucking hot. Was it? It was fucking hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's hot as shit. <laughs> I mean, for... So that was, like, one of the things, like, go going into this, was, I was like, oh, it's gonna be so much action. And as we know, I just get so... Lost you zone out. Yeah. I just zone out because it's just too much. But I think because it was like hand to hand, I was into it. And I feel like it was so, I mean, obviously well done, but it was like clean and you could really like see what they were doing versus, you know, there was like a lot of close ups versus it being like just shot in a wide and like, like the bathroom scene, for example, it's super bright. It's all right. white. Yeah. The That's only big. like color is really like the blood, and I mm-hmm. think like Henry Cavill's blue tie. So it was like so easy to just like keep checked in. There's you want to know what's going on. In lesser choreographed fight scenes, a lot of times, and you, if it's done well, you can't really tell. A lot of times, the cuts will happen like as a hit lands, because it's easier that way. You don't have to worry about like selling the hit for the angle of the of the shot. But in this one, because it's Tom Cruise and Henry Cavill and whoever, I'm going to get his name, whoever played Liang Yang, an incredible fighter. Holy shit. Uh, they were, they're all so good at what they do. You could hold those frames and have the hits be sold and like, mm-hmm. it's good shit. I think what I love most about all of most of the action scenes, especially the bathroom and the halo jump. And then the motorcycle chase with Ilsa mm-hmm. is that they're all rooted in character. Yeah. And that they really reward rewatches. Once you know the, the John Lark twist and you watch the movie again, everything in the bathroom is so clean and separated. Like Ethan is just defending himself and John Lark is. <laughs> August is just trying to kill the decoy and you don't really get that until you know like oh he he hired this decoy and now he's killing him to get him out of the way but on first watch you're just like oh it's just a brawl in a Mm -hmm. bathroom it pays off so well later and then when you go back and watch it you're like oh i see he was just covering his ass like when he hits him with the computer it's not to knock him out, it's to break the computer. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Henry Cavill's, it's been established that he's big and strong enough that he can just knock him out with his fist, but he goes yeah. out of his way to grab the computer and smash his face with it. 
and then you know he gets shot in the face that was ilsa but it helps august walker kind of cover his tracks and even the halo jump he pulls ethan's tube to kind of slow him down and jump out not expecting that he's going to get you know struck by lightning it's just all so thought out and it's not just like okay we have a fight sequence here or Mm -hmm. we have a, a jump here like it all has to serve the story of ethan or the the little lines like your reputation precedes you um you're the guy who who shot our one apostle that we had captured. If it wasn't for you, we would you shot the only living witness we had or whatever. It's like, yeah, he's gonna shoot anybody that gets captured because he doesn't want them talking shit. Like, right? Yeah. Let's do, let's get into some negatives because I won't stop. Like it's to your too mouth. long. For what? Why? Who it's says? It's two and a half hours long. Yeah, it's so really is Titanic. Long. Who gives a fuck? Titanic's amazing, though. Titanic ah! is different. <laughs> What's different about it? Hmm? There's love. There's love in this one, and I re- there are titties. That's a good point. There is love in this one, and I did really like it. <laughs> You're on. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> Oh, I mean, oh. you're not gonna be able to hear them, but <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. It's just all. It's always great to be on mic with the Fantastic Four. What are you guys talking about? Uh, um, Mission Impossible. Let me guess. Let me guess. Oh, I was gonna guess Rock of Ages. <laughs> no, not the TC. Close. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh, okay. Very cool. I'm looking forward to that episode. I just, I literally just listened to Hell's Moving Castle. I always call Rashani after listening to the pod. Aww. Aww. All right. Well. All right. Oh, you can't hear them, but <laughs> you got you got some laws. <laughs> all right, uh, okay. love you guys. Have okay. a great podcast. Uh, talk to y'all later. Okay, little little Raymond cameo. Hell yeah! Go check out Raymond's new podcast, by the way, Cinemythology. Look at the seam. Look at the seamless promotion for me. <laughs> Let's go. I can do it for other people better than I can do it for us. <laughs> She's talking about some bullshit. That it was too long. Do you think so too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I what? saw this one cut in half, so I felt like had I been able to sit through it all, I would have been like, "Whoa!" By choice, or you like did? Were you like, "Why'd you see it in half?" Oh, because I saw it last night at like midnight, and then today. I appreciate. Work. I appreciate you pausing instead of possibly falling asleep. Exactly. I appreciate that. See, but I what, feel what? like there okay i don't know what i would have taken out but maybe it would have been the vanessa kirby stuff no even though she's so good she's so good she's she's fucking phenomenal so that's why i i hesitate to say her because it's not about her but it's almost just like that part and that storyline that i'm like okay she kind of could have just been like a presence that we talk about and then we it didn't have to be a whole person and that would have just cut some time like 30 fucking minutes uh wow so you hate women wow you heard it here first folks (laughs) (laughs) lacy you raised your hand too is that what would you cut out 100 i would have cut out everything with the white widow not because of vanessa kirby because she's incredible but it just felt like another possible love interest storyline that we were introducing. Maybe you're introducing that for later movies. I don't know. I, it just, it may, I, the whole time I was bored. I mean, the white widow is Lacey. I was, I was bored with it until the fight scene happened, which that, that scene is very, very fun to watch. That's the thing. This movie, I think pocket knife. Yeah. That was hot as fuck. With her pocket out of her garter. Yeah. Are you mad at me because I said it was hot? No, it was. Are you mad at me because I'm yelling and interrupting? She says she was bored. (laughs) No, up until that, like that scene is super cool. What I was saying, thank you, because that jogged my memory. (laughs) What I was saying was that's the thing about this movie is I don't, especially in that first. What would you say, Josh? Two-fifths of it? There yeah, is not enough Simon Pegg. And there is not enough <coughs> Ilsa. And maybe it's because I don't know what happened in five. So I, I don't know why they're not there. 
But like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I missed Simon. Her white widow moment is Rogue Nation. Like she is the mysterious new person on the scene and they don't know who to trust. So her, her big shining moment is in number five. Mm. And she's, she's kind of, this is like her, oh, she's back. But we didn't, she's not like the attraction like she was in Rogue Nation. So she knew who Ethan was? From five, yes. It, in five, she's a member, she, air quotes, she's a member of the syndicate, the the former organizations that are now the apostles. Then it turns out she's a double agent. And like, is she, does she work for Solomon Lane? Because Solomon Lane was the head of the syndicate, which is all, the syndicate was all former, like MI6, former CIA, all former agents that are trying to start a new world order. And that's the lead in into this. Um, Josh, real quick. Mm-hmm. What's up? You know when you go to an escape room? For sure, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm very familiar. And we're all sitting there. And the game master's going to come in. And he's like, hey, guys, I want you to watch this video. Incredible impression. <laughs> Pay attention. You really have to watch the screen. Make sure you get so all the details. Okay? So and I'll be back. Okay. It's getting worse with this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so me and Lacey are sitting there watching the TV. Intently. Intently. Like fucking, I'm paying attention. But I maybe got two out of the 10 things they told me to pay attention to because there's so much fucking information. Yeah. That's this whole movie for me. Well, yeah. This, this movie does not care if you haven't seen the other ones. Well, got, I, I disagree, but well, I mean, in terms like I this movie can stand alone on its own, but in terms of I don't that that does sound harsh. It does not care if you've seen the other ones. I no, think I don't. Mo- I don't think it was harsh. I, just, I don't think this movie is making any apologies for being a sequel. I don't even sense. mean it as like they're talking about things that were in five. I just mean that there's like so much going on. They're like, okay, we're yeah. going to get the briefcase and then that's going to have this titanium and then that is going to go into this fucking car. Like, there is so fuck vibranium. There's so much in one sentence that I'm like, even thinking about it as an actor reading the lines, I'd be like, nah, I can't get this chief. Like, there's no way I'm learning this monologue. Would you rather have it be called unobtainium? Yes. Leave Avatar alone. Stop it. Listen, plutonium is like the uncanny valley word for me. Like, it sounds fake. It sounds fake, but it's a real thing, right? I don't even know. Is plutonium real? I don't know. Yes. Here I am. I'm an idiot. No, I didn't know. (laughs) Sounds fake to me. But it it sounds sci fi y and like. Amplified. Well, I don't know. It just happened to me. Amplified. It's a plutonium. It's a plutonium. (laughs) Do you know what I think it is? What? Maybe not totally, but in the past, like, since shutdown, we've been watching a lot more Simpsons, and they talk about plutonium a lot on The Simpsons. Maybe. Maybe that's (laughs) why I thought it was, like, maybe, I don't know. It just feel everything else is so rooted in realism in realism for this world at least and plutonium just like stuck out like a sore thumb i didn't like it well maybe that's the point though it's supposed it's rare and dangerous and and but it sounds stupid (laughs) (laughs) doesn't but what what mella yeah what do you think was being said that you didn't get because i i know there's a lot of mumbo jumbo but I think it pretty cleanly maps out good guys, bad guys, MacGuffin. And that's really all you need. I mean, said all that to say is like, yes, I end up getting everything because I was asking you questions and then they were answered like five seconds later. But I think it's that initial to use the escape room analogy is like me and Lacey are sitting in there like, we gotta, we gotta know all of this. And then we get in there and they're like, no, it's like right here on the table. It's on it's on a little laminated list. And we're like, have, what? Have okay. you noticed what I do during escape rooms during that time? Yeah, he doesn't pay attention at all. 
I'm checking every, I'm checking all the boxes. I'm checking all the locks. That's that, that mo- Hey everybody. Um, so <laughs> listeners, if you ever go to an escape room, I'm undefeated. So uh, Lacey, how many think we've done? God, so many. Uh, 30, right? Upwards At of 30. Least. Um, so if you ever go to an escape room, here's, here's a tip from one undefeated escapee to another. Um, that like four, that's like three to five minutes that you're getting that non-union gig acting reel, um, Joshua, video. Joshua Vetter. Am I wrong? Don't tell them to ignore. Those people are working hard. I just they are make them. That nice three to five minutes. That I'm three to five minutes. Y'all. I'm pulling for y'all. Josh and Mel are monsters. Yeah. Yes. Three to five. I wouldn't turn it down. I'm just saying that those three to five minutes of that <laughs> little. turning it down. That little show you get on the screen that's a free three to five minutes you get to scope out the room okay listen hold on we're on what's a up? complete escape room tangent now and i don't give what's a up? fuck okay what's up that that's my episode that's the perfect scene it's it's the scene josh you need it to like you need it you need it for atmosphere you need it to like i guess why do we listen to rules when you tell us how to play a board game that's what it's doing it's it's giving you the information you need to well, go into the room that's that's when I tune out. But you listen to rules to know the <laughs> rules of the board game. I'm, that's, I think all the workaround that they try to do is that they have. Are we all still this talking about the movie or jumbo? Escape rooms? Done with movie. escape rooms. <laughs> done with escape rooms. <laughs> Three five minutes. They have all this mumbo jumbo, and they hire Alec Baldwin, Angela Bassett, Simon Pegg, and Ving Rhames to deliver it all. Baby, when she says yes, they would. That's the job. That's why you write the paycheck for Angela Bassett, baby. Mm-hmm. She fucking has three scenes, and I don't give a fuck. At the end on the phone? Yeah. She's just chilling in her in her lazy boy? I will agree to this. Because I was thinking about... The, fuck, I wish I could remember the scene right here. But there are some scenes where I was like, is this kind of like f- supposed to be funny? Like, it's like Tom Cruise doing a little bit. But this was super funny, I, I think. Okay, uh, yeah, I think I think they're pretty self-aware of when they're when they're being white, I think. Okay. Because I was thinking if this was in maybe just not Tom Cruise or just not these like powerhouse actors that it could come off corny. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Right, because they are talking about it's the it's the stuff that we make fun of. Like if we're going to do a charade of like a spy or an agent, we would do shit like this. Mm-hmm. And it would be funny to the people watching. But then Tom Cruise does it and you're like, okay, he's like actually selling it. Like, I believe it. I'm biased. I don't give a fuck. But I think one of the best things to happen this entire franchise is for Simon Pegg to be like third billing. Just the presence of Simon Pegg and his ability to deliver levity and, and jokes. And even if he's not delivering them, just sort of his presence acknowledges because he came in in three, right? Yeah. And he's gotten bigger every movie. But his presence just being there, being Simon Pegg, sort of acknowledges that, like, hey, there's going to be some jokes. Like, it kind of even subconsciously readies the audience to to receive jokes and accept that there's going to be some lighthearted banter in this, even if it's quick and easy. And instead of just being this, like, super serious, like, American version of James Bond, these IMF agents are... Are friends and they're gonna talk like friends and they're real people they're not yeah. it's not a shtick yeah they're real people who happen to be government agents yeah just everyone in the world in this world knows how impossible Let's half go. of these <laughs> things are you know it's like he's gonna scale the burj khalifa he's going to hold his breath for three minutes underwater he's going to scale this plane and everyone's just like you're going to do this? And the camera cuts to Tom Cruise and he's just like, yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know, it's yes, just, I gotta. it's ridiculous, but the movie has embraced it. That moment in the car when the three IMF agents are talking about what they got to do and Rebecca Ferguson's like, wait, what are we doing? And the rest of them are like, yeah. Yeah. yeah we got to do that. Well, Lacey, you raised your hand at holding breath, I believe. Yes, because mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this about me. Nothing stresses me out more in a movie <laughs> than people going underwater. Mm-hmm. Wait, really? Do not watch Rogue Nation. There's like I, a 20 minute, 20 minute sequence. Where 
Good lord. I think because I had anxiety as a kid, I, this would come on in movies and I would have to hold my breath as long as mm-hmm. the people on screen. Oh, so as soon always. as it starts happening, I like am already mm. like, oh, I got to prepare myself. And it's Tom Cruise doing it for three minutes. I'm not going to be able to hold my breath that long. <laughs> but also, is he is his brain okay? He's not getting oxygen. Like as a person, is he okay? I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. I I'm pretty sure he actually does it in in Rogue Nation, but one one of my favorite action movies of all time, Kingsman. How do you hold up in that scene? Very stressfully. When they flood the 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 bunk room, mm-hmm. that shit's oh, that shit masterful. It's very. It's just very upsetting to me because <laughs> <laughs> listen, if you are stuck underwater, that is like. That's a nightmare because you are fully conscious. You can't escape. It is, a, and I don't. I can't. I don't have good lung lung capacity. You guys, if I went underwater, I'm not lasting very long. Do you want a pro tip? They do it in this movie, which is why uh, another little attention to detail. Um, Solomon Lane, the the main terrorist. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, Melo. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Do it into the mic. Do it into the mic. <laughs> That's because he's. <laughs> He's also an ex-agent, <laughs> and that's agents get training like this, which is why Ethan Hunt can do it and why Solomon Lane can do it, and that's why he was able to stay underwater for so long. You hyperventilate before you have to take your one final big breath because that pumps oxygen into your brain. That's why. You're pumping as much fresh oxygen into your body as you can before you have to hold your breath. I see, it's but like... Cool like shot, though. Oh, my God. So With, like, Jesus Christ, it's good. So, mm-hmm. That is really cool. Lacey watched the the Little Mermaid. And she died. She just trying to hold her breath the whole fucking movie. But also oh, Titanic too. At the end, yes, yes, yeah. So for, um, this is what I'm curious about because one of one great part of this movie to me, one of my favorite parts, I should say, is near the end, the moment with Luther, Bing Rhames' character, and and Julia. So sweet. I, I love that moment with the bomb because Ving Rhames is the only other actor who's been in every single Mission Impossible. It's just Tom Cruise and Ving Rhames. How for those of you that maybe haven't seen all of them, or especially you, Mella, how did you did that that scene still hit? Because because Julia has there's history. You learn well enough about their history, I think, during this about Ethan and Julia's history that I think that's still fine. But that moment between Luther and Julia, how did that hit for you? I mean, I, I feel like it was, it still hit. Like, even if I didn't have any, I think, like, the explanation was really well done without, without it sounding, like, too exposition-y, if that makes sense. Because he, like, tied it back to himself, where he's, like, he's just a good man. Mm-hmm. Is that the scene we're talking about, right? Well, yeah, well first, yeah, first Luther talking to... Ilsa about Julia and explaining it, which was great. It's a great way to exposition something that happened in the earlier movies. Tell the audience that didn't see those earlier movies through a character that wasn't part of those earlier movies. It's exposition 101. That's exactly how you're going right. to do it. But I, I, one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie is when Luther and, and Julia are working together to defuse the bomb. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was great. I feel like I thought I was going to be, especially with that, because I knew I had from the trailer you see a little glimpse of her and I just I knew she was in this so I'm like am I gonna like am I gonna feel it because she's not been in this movie the whole time except for in like little dreams but I think those little dreams actually helped that moment Mm -hmm. where like you see how he's I don't want to say doing it all for her but kind of she's acting her fucking ass off I I said it a little bit earlier Michelle Monaghan but I love the love story in this. And I love the final moment that they get together in the hut, in the tent at the mm-hmm. end. <laughs> After the final fight when she just affirms for him, like, I'm going to be okay. And mm-hmm. it, it's okay for you to be okay. Even if you haven't seen anything else up until then, that's such a hefty scene to carry for both of them and they both do it with such grace and love it's really really sweet yeah that's why i watched mi3 just to just to get a little bit of that because that's when he 
fakes her, or that's when he decides that they're not, they shouldn't be together anymore. Philip Seymour Hoffman is incredible in that movie. Oh, yeah. Um, he's the villain. But my favorite part was a little earlier when he sees her for the first time. And I think him, mm-hmm. Michelle, and Wes Bentley do such a good job in that quick moment. Mm-hmm. And then those very quick hug that he gives her and he's like i'm so 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 Ugh. sorry it's so good it's and, and you don't need to see any other five mission impossible movies. like you just get it you get it you know solomon lane set him up and set them all up like they're all gonna die here together and the, the realization on ethan's face is just heartbreaking mm-hmm. yeah and then i think west does a great job of yeah knowing but not knowing yeah and it's yeah it's just all really well done Tom Cruise is so goddamn good at playing Ethan Hunt. It it doesn't seem entirely fair because he's had six movies to perfect this character, but like so much so that Top Gun is kind of a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. is. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's still great. But it's he's still kind of just oh my god, Ethan Hunt's doing this incredible <laughs> shit that nobody else yeah. can do. That moment, too, at the end when, when Julia and Ethan are talking and Julia's still trying to figure out why are you here and then she turns and sees Luther and Benji mm-hmm. and their face drops. Oh, my God. It's all great, yeah. It's it's a surprising amount of heart and, like, ethos in a big, loud action movie that mm-hmm. Christopher Christopher McQuarrie is just really... I think he's really good. Um, yes. Is he doing... At, is he doing... Um, he's doing Dead Reckoning, yeah. He's doing both? Fuck yeah. And he he did some script work on Maverick as well. He's they're just they really like working together, and I think he's he's great. Yeah, um, Vanessa Kirby is confirmed to come back in both Dead Reckoning, so it's more White Widow. It's it to me that was very clearly like she's in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, and it's very clearly like the setup for the, the same way that Ilsa was set up coming into this. I think we're gonna get kind of the same from the White Widow. A uh, fun little fact. I don't know if you all know this. I'm sure, Rashawn, you know this. Lacey, I'm sure you've seen me because I've seen it because I watch Graham Norton all the time. <laughs> um, but when Tom Cruise is running along the rooftops, do you know this little fun bit? Mm-mm. That's gross every time I watch it. <laughs> you need to like rewatch it. When he's doing that, when he's running along the rooftops, when um, Henry's getting away, uh, there's a scene where he does that super long jump and he's got like the camera behind That's, him. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kind of like the born identity jump, and he. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, he slams his chest. That was all planned. You can see it for a brief moment. It's online on the Graham. You can look it up. It's on Graham Norton when he when they talk about this. He the the ankle that braces himself when he hits the building. He fucking shatters his ankle. <gasps> like his foot, like fully. Fuck. But they only use that one taking. You can see when it, and it cuts to the like the front shot of him. You can see him like scream in agony when he lands. He's like ah. And sidebar, Jeez. he like it's, pulls himself up and just like hobbles out of frame, and they just kept it. And that's because they had to stop for seven weeks after that. Fuck, fuck. You can man. you can see all like you can see when it breaks, and he fully like is on one leg when he runs away out of frame. Jesus Christ! It's like his face. So it's off the record. You know that gift that I love of the guy sitting on his balls, and he goes, ah! It's like. <laughs> Keep it in. <laughs> That's fine. It's like that. Look it up. If you know what I'm talking about, hysterical. If you don't, find it. Can I jump in really fast? I just want to say, I don't think I was very, I don't think I was very mean, but I wasn't very nice to about Tom Cruise during Rock of Ages. <laughs> this series, this movie, it, it, it's just further proof why he is a superstar yeah it's crazy as well and also just like building this i mean i feel like after mi2 it it was almost dead in the water and then jj abrams came in and then just kind of cultivating the franchise with Macquarie, and i think he handpicked he definitely handpicked vanessa kirby um, tom mm -hmm. and then he dropped out of man from uncle and henry cavill replaced him and then he was so impressed that he was like, okay, we have to get him for August Walker. Apparently. So I, he's just kind of like building this world for himself. Yeah. I didn't realize, I can't find it, but I saw on the IMDb trivia, 
Henry Cavill, the first time he was offered the role of August Walker, was on his Instagram. I think McCory commented through a comment. I saw that too. Yeah. It was probably it was it was probably like not an official offer, but McCory was probably like, "We'd love to have you on the next Mission Impossible" or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. So he but, answers on Instagram. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'll be right back. You got to fight Shakira, dude. Be right back. <laughs> He's the reason this series is so successful. Because, like you said, Rashawn, he is such an integral part of building the world that is Mission Impossible. Like, you think about other action movies in this same vein, and I can't really think of any outside of Fast and the Furious that have maintained a a, a cohesive lead, a cohesive cast, yeah, I, I just kept thinking, while I was watching it, I kept thinking about the Bourne movies. And I was like, there was something about it that didn't feel like this. And this, this, I mean, it's, they're special. The, the, they, they really are. They really are special movies. I would love for them to bring back Maggie Q, Paula Patton, all of the, they're not Bond girls, because I feel like they have a lot more agency in Mission Impossible. But Tandy Newton, I just like bring them all back and, and they this franchise could have an actual like meaningful team up of everybody that's ever been in a Mission Impossible. And maybe because these next two movies are going to kind of be a send off, maybe they'll do that. I don't know. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of even in short cameo. Yeah. We might get Renner back. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> just shoot him in the head. Uh, before we before we continue, I want to just touch on the final final act, the final fight scene, the helicopter moment between Cavill and Cruz. That shit goes hard, dude. Dude, dropping off the helicopter onto that little like yeah tunnel on that of... rope. That's Terrifying. Great. I can't. He said that's the scariest stunt. He's it's the he's done for this because. Everything else he has some for like he's a parachuter, he has safety wire, but and like he had a safety thing at the bottom, but he was free falling. Yeah. And he said that's the scariest thing. Absolutely not. Never. Absolutely. No, thank you. He flew the fucking helicopter. Like he trained for a year and a half to fly a helicopter. If nothing else, the dedication that this man has to this fucking franchise is a gift. It's great. It's tangible, and you, you just that's like feel it. Yeah. That's what it is. Is there's just something that no other like. I love the Bourne movies. I love Bond movies, but there's something that Mission Impossible has, and it's 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 that magic factor that of Tom Cruise doing everything. That, like he said, there's shots that you can't get in any other movie because it's fucking Tom Cruise doing it. And then the the last fight scene on the fucking on the cliffside, insane. Unreal. That was when, when, probably my favorite part of the movie. When Cavill stands up with like this just meat grinded face, yeah, two face. I mean, because he had two faces. Let's. Hey, hey. And the final kill too, <laughs> the hook just fucking taking him Locking back. Knocking him out. I just love that this movie lets him be massive. Yeah, I feel, I feel like so many other movies are trying to like fit Henry Cavill into this. I don't know other stuff. But this movie, even Angela Bassett just states it. She's like, he's yeah. a scalpel, he's a hammer. And yeah. he just fucking barrels through shit. And he's like six something. Just let him be big. Let him be like, big. That, too, that final fight scene superimposed with the fantastic scene of Solomon Lane versus Ilsa. Yeah, that one's really good, too. Anything? At, oh, yeah, Rebecca Ferguson was pregnant while filming. That time it was completed, she was seven months pregnant. Whoa. Insane. Could have fooled me. I loved her in this. She's so dude. I, I think the two movies we've done that have had her in it are Greatest Showman and Dune. And I feel like she got so much more to do in this character wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was so fucking fun. I loved her. I'm going to bring Dr. Sleep. She's just never bad. I've never seen her be bad. And the new trailer has her with a sword. I'm oh, in. Rock hard and I'm in. <laughs> God. Were you not? Yeah. Um, the Rebecca sword looks Fer- pretty cool, but yeah. It's Rebecca no, Ferguson was, with the sword. Like, 
Not for Rebecca. What's wrong with Henry's, you, Henry's dead. What do I have to go by? <laughs> yeah. But to, to piggyback off Lace, I just think she does, she has a lot more to do, but she also does so much with so little. Like, there's the mm-hmm. the moment that they have when she's on the bike and he's in the car with Solomon. And the looks that they share before he fucking runs her over. <laughs> it's just all so, like, there's weight to it. And again, you don't have to see any other movies. You just get that they have a history. And the the way that they continue through her physicality when she fights, the, the legs up onto the shoulders. Mm-hmm. It's like a Black Widow-ish, but... It's just so cool. Yeah. Oh. I really liked towards the beginning the scene um, where they literally set up the whole hospital room for the – that – because I didn't know it was coming. I did not remember that at all. The fact that they actually had Wolf Blitzer (laughs) straight up in on it. I just thought that whole scene with that actor in the bed was really, really cool. It felt it made the whole thing feel kind of cultish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you two see the? I mean, they kind of foreshadow it, but did you see the twist coming? The August Walker twist? Not at all. But, I'm never good with twists. I never figure them out until it's like five seconds before. But there's a face that he makes that I think is like the green light to be like it's twist, and I was still like, <laughs> oh, he just fucked up. And he doesn't want to say like that. And I, I still didn't catch on until I it, know what face you're talking about. Yeah. He's kind of just like. Because they're like, well, how we did, thought- who gave Erica the. Yes. And he's just kind of like me tail between his legs type of thing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he just he just fucked up. Like he just that's simply it. And then you, you come to realize like, oh, he's I, a bad guy. I had a feeling throughout that he was out for Ethan in mm-hmm. one way or another, but I didn't know exactly what that entailed. Um, all right, good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who wants to play a game? Me. Not today. I want to play a game. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch like or a mile. guessing game. Come on, boy. Boy, play with me. Riddle me that. This game is called Mission Impossible. That is a really good name, Josh. Thank you. 24 hours ago, I sent you each an individual message and each individual text message. I signed you a mission, should you choose to accept it. If if any of you didn't choose to accept it, you suck and you lose. That's the only way to lose the game is not accept a mission. I lied. There's There's other ways to lose. I didn't even say accept. I just said, oh, shit. Yeah, no. So we're just going to go one by one. I will I will read off what your mission was and then hand you the floor to complete the mission. Savvy? Mm-hmm. Great. Right. Agent Diaz? Yes. You're up first. Can I be British? It, yeah, please. <laughs> okay. Yes, Joshua. Yeah. Um, Agent Vetter. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, you have 24 hours to find at least one piece of X-Men trivia that none of your fellow agents know, myself included. What? You will be given two attempts at this mission. <gasps> Proceed. Are these are these going to be posed in the form of a question or just a fact? A uh, question. Fantastic. That's what I wanted. Thank you. Bonus points already. Okay. I give it already? This is yeah, this is open to all the agents if any of us can answer it. What prize did Marvel Comics start sending to fans who reported mistakes in the X-Men comics starting in 1964? I don't know. Fuck don't know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? The answer is called no prize. The award is an empty envelope that congratulates its recipient for quote-unquote winning the quote-unquote no prize, was created by Stan Lee in 1964 as a tongue-in-cheek response to the error-finding rewards offered by other comic publishers. Many winners failed to get the joke, complaining Marvel must have forgotten to put the prize in their envelope. (laughs) 
Well done, Mella. <laughs> Thank you. Can I, can, did you do two? Can I get the other one? Yes. Yeah. In what comic book title did Wolverine make his first appearance? He It was in The Incredible Hulk. I know that. I want to say... That's the answer. Oh, yeah. It's in The Incredible Hulk. I don't know a number, though. Hulk, Probably like... God. It's like 16? <laughs> no, it's, the right it's, one. it's just the, the title. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he made his first appearance in The Incredible Hulk as a villain. <sighs> I almost went with that one. I'm so glad I didn't. Well done, Mel. Thank you. All right. Rashawn. Agent DJ. <laughs> you dropped that British accent quick. Huh? I know. I did. <laughs> My alias. Your mission, Rashawn. Should you choose to accept it? You're such a jerk, dude. You have 24 hours to determine, in your own opinion, the single worst Nicole Kidman starring performance. <gasps> Upon consideration, prepare a brief vocal essay to be, to be delivered to your fellow agents on the negative merits of said performance. <laughs> <clears throat> this is very mean. This is very mean. Your essay or my mission? Your mission. Yeah, no, that it's Mission Impossible. That's what it is, baby. But baby, just like Tom Cruise, you no mission is impossible. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I have... Prepared a vocal essay. Yes. If you all will have me. It's yes. brief. Yeah, Nicole Kidman is at her best when she is challenged. Not by wigs or prosthetics, though she can handle both of them with ease, but challenged with a task of taking an impossible character on paper and making them seem incredibly real. Nowhere is that fire and risk-taking more dampened than in her worst performance... Please don't let Sam hear this. Her Oscar-winning role of Virginia Woolf in The Hours. He loves that. I know. It stays on this podcast and tell him not to listen to this episode. <laughs> he won't, so I'm going to have to show it to him. A biopic. One of the few tried-and-true ways to secure an Academy Award since the beginning of time. And it's not that she's bad in this part. After all, she won Best Actress. It's that the role calls for none of the wit, the intelligence, and the depth that makes her one of the all-time greats. There are plenty of actresses who could play this iconic queer writer. But who else could bring an icy, resentful mother to life in Stoker? Or a love-struck Southern Belle in The Paperboy, a movie that asks her to orgasm with John Cusack telepathically and pee on Zac Efron. <laughs> and that is nothing to say of her dying songbird in Moulin Rouge or the deceptively cliche mother role in The Northman. Roles that in the wrong hands, in the hands of someone afraid to take big risk, to make big swings, would fall flat. If you want a biopic with grit, look towards her sociopath with a smile, and to die for a movie and a performance that is ahead of its time. But for this AMC spokeswoman, Nicole Kidman, <laughs> the goddess, a role that would refuse to challenge her ultimately must be called her worst. That is a, a mission successful. Was really a good. little muddy at the end when you just started to praise her, which is not what I asked. But Ethan Hunt, also, Ethan Hunt also, Ethan Hunt also goes above and beyond against his handler's wishes. So I went, I went, a, I went a little rogue nation on you. When you said, when you said AMC spokesperson, but you got cut off by the S AMC. I thought you were gonna say, but this AMC Stubbs member, <laughs> <laughs> this AMC A list member. I dead ass thought you were gonna choose Bewitched. She's fun in Bewitched. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> all right, two of two missions completed. Agent Blake. Better. No, no, no ties. No romantic ties. We have to <gasps> hide our identities. Hide our. We're agents. <gasps> you you give we... a signal every once in a while in the air. Yeah, it's like Julian. It's this one. <laughs> That's fine. That's a signal, baby. That's one I am familiar with. Okay, your mission. Should you choose to accept it, you have 24 hours to find or create a poop-focused joke that will make the majority of your fellow agents laugh. Consider a mission possible. I'm cracking up. You will be given. You will be given three attempts. Okay. Agent Blake. Hold on. No laugh. Yeah. Get it out. <laughs> 
Get it out, agents. This is great. I thought mine was bad. Okay. Whenever you're ready. You guys wanted to hear a joke about poop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There isn't one. They all stink. Don't, Mella. Mella <laughs> laughed. That's one agent. One agent's dead. Do you have any more? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is a... a you, this is participatory. I need you to participate in this. Okay. Thank okay. you. Okay. Did you know that when you say the word poop, that your mouth does the same motion as your butthole? Do it. Poop. 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 The same is poop. true for the phrase <laughs> explosive diarrhea. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do it. Explosive diarrhea. Explosive, Explosive diarrhea. Rashawn knows. He's familiar. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I've never pooped in my life. <laughs> what's Your the, final attempt? What's the definition of a surprise? I don't know what. A fart with a lump in it. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mission successful. That's fucking disgusting, Lacey. Disgusting. I little... hate myself. It was a suicide mission and I'm done. You wrote these? Kamikaze. No, she didn't write these. No, I didn't write these. Oh. <laughs> no. I was a little I was a little nervous. I was a little nervous in the first two. Me too. That but last you, one was you pulled out that surprise. <laughs> she said, we're cutting the wire on one. <laughs> that is three successful missions. Congratulations, agents. Woo! That you was saved the awful. world. That was pretty, pretty You awful. each received uh, plutonium core. I know a lot about X-Men now. I did a lot <laughs> of trivias today. <laughs> Do you have a favorite now? In your okay, I learned this. Oh, fuck yeah. Here we go. Right, and I thought it was so cute <laughs> that um, Nightcrawler is Mystique's son. Yeah. That's adorable. How is that cute? Okay, that's it fine. Cute. It's cute. Like, sure. I didn't, I just thought yes, he was also blue. blue. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Period. <laughs> like, I literally was reading, I was like, oh. You simple bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Josh was so ready for some real shit. I, I was like juicy, like, yeah, what deep cut character did you learn and you love? Oh, but, you know. My Google search is deep cut X-Men trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I was in the dark web for this shit. <laughs> All right. Wrapping things up, it seems we can come to a lot of conclusions. Honestly, the Mission Impossible franchise is is action movie perfection. Uh, it's where Tom Cruise is at his best. And Rebecca Ferguson fucking rocks. Mm-hmm. I, I know we mention him a lot too, but Simon Pegg also destroys. And, and Ving Rhames. Both of them are the perfect counter to... <laughs> we mentioned both of them fine <laughs> well mention them in the wrap up okay and Henry Cavill and Angela Bassett also destroy thank you but the franchise players Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames perfect counters to Ethan Hunt perfect Wait, Andy Chip- Josh oh? I'm sorry <laughs> my voice cracks so is perfect. this What's the up? episode we're going to be putting the reins on Rashawn or are we waiting for a special one for this I mean, he's he's going to get this one fucking quick. That's Whatever. why I think we should just put the reins on him. Whatever reins we put on him, he's going to get it in this one. But we need to make both, it a little harder. Both he, of these movies have so many fucking people. I know. I, that's like, why are, me and Lacey don't even get a fucking chance. Wait, you might, what, you if, might what, if, what if you give us just a 10 second like, lead? Okay. Okay. I'm mute. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wait, did he go mute? Okay. We end each episode. Okay, so, okay, we end each episode with a quick round of six degrees of separation. Now, uh, Mella and Lacey, you're going to get a ten second head start before Rashawn. Yeah, fuck yeah. Who can find the fastest connection between Rebecca Ferguson and one of the stars of next week's episode, Killian Murphy? Rashawn, I need you to find the fastest connection between Rebecca Ferguson and one of the stars of next week's episode, 
Killian Murphy. because I was just panicked about her. Me too. Rachel. I was like, I'm just hearing it again. Go, just go, just go, just go. No, just do it. <laughs> just go, just go. No! Go. I'll wait, and if you have one that's quicker, then you win. Oh my god. Ooh, I think I have it. Okay. One second, one second. I think I got it. Girl! Mella, I, you got I it? I got it. Oh, let's do it. I, I gotta walk it through, so, Rashawn, okay. there may still be a chance. Rebecca Ferguson was in Dune with Timothy Chalamet, who was in Little Women with Meryl Streep. Big guns. Who was in The Devil Wears Prada with Emily Blunt, who was in Quiet Place 2 with Killian Murphy. Nice. Four. Rashawn, you got it way earlier. How many can you do it in? Uh, Rebecca's in The Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman, who's in The Prestige with Christian Bale, who's in The Dark Knight. God damn it. Fucking shit. Congratulations. No, I didn't. Give it to Mo. No! I'm retiring. Like, Tom Cruise from Mission Impossible. Here's the thing. On the record, off the, off the record, you have that cinephile game. Uh-huh. I think you would just sit in your room and play that by yourself sometimes. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> I think yeah. you practice. Just Queen's Gambit type shit. He yeah. sees it on the ceiling. <laughs> No, Rashawn wins. Sorry. This Sorry is, about it. This is his yeah. X-Men superpower. It's okay. I will neither <laughs> confirm nor deny. He got it in three, dude. <laughs> that is it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we'd love if you took a moment. Like, subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcasts. You can find this and all of our other episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, Good Pods, Google Podcasts. I'm the only one that says that. I wonder why. Uh, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or you just want to show us some love, email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Josh, Mella, Lacey, and Rashawn. Thanks for listening. This episode will now self-destruct in five seconds. Five, four, three, two.